Well, again, I want to thank you guys for joining me. And if you're joining later on on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, YouTube channel, thanks for dialing in. I want to share with you something today as we continue on this journey, uh, this, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it's been one of those days, you know what I mean? But the series that we're in uh, is titled No Offense Taken. And we're talking about how people are so easily offended nowadays and how that offensiveness just kind of, it can set the tone for the way we're going to spend the rest of the day or the things that we're going to do or the way our attitude is going to play out through the day and all kinds of ways. It's just part of this battle that we fight here in this world. And I want to share with you a couple of things. First of all, you know, I want you to think about something. If you need to know what to believe as far as, you know, the Christian faith goes or whatever, then I would encourage you to get a hold of me so I can tell you what you need to believe and what you need to hold on to. If you need to know about end times or spiritual gifts or women's ministry or whatever, I can share that information with you. Uh, if you need other things, you, you want to know what the right approach to the COVID is and vaccines and, you know, even capitalism or the right to bear arms or whatever. You know, then there's moral issues, you know, abortion and, you know, gender issues and capital punishment. Any of those things you need to know something about, just ask me and I'll tell you. <laughs> now, you know where I'm going, right? I mean, you know, I'm being absolutely ridiculous. And I'm doing it for a reason, because I want you to realize that there were people in the days that Jesus was walking the earth. There were people there surrounding him who felt that they were smart. And absolutely, they felt that they were smarter than he was. Many of the people fought this battle believing that they were right in that they were smarter than him, and that they were better than him, and that they were holier than him. That was part of the battle, part of the, the controversy that took place uh, during Jesus's ministry. Thinking that we are right all of the time sometimes can get us into real trouble. It's easy for us to be offended when people believe that we're wrong. And yet we believe that we're right. I want to share a scripture with you today, and I'll put it up here on the screen for you. And it comes from the book of Luke in chapter 18. And you can read it with me here. We'll read it together. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other one, went home justified before God. 
And here's what I want you to hear most of all. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, this is how they saw themselves. The Pharisee saw himself as being right. He he was smart. He was educated. He was supposedly wise. He knew the purposes of God. He knew what God was calling him to be. I mean, they were supposed to be the religious leaders for the nation of Israel. They were supposed to represent God. But the tax collector, he saw himself as wrong. He knew that he was constantly failing. He knew that he felt wrong about the, the way he was living his life and the do things that he was doing. And he didn't look at himself as being, you know, overly smart, smarter than everybody around him. You know, Jesus, in this particular scenario, Jesus wasn't concerned about being right or wrong. But he was concerned about the heart, the heart of the individual. The heart that was was holding all of this pride that this Pharisee had. Unfortunately, proud people do not love well. And let me say it again. Proud people do not necessarily love people well, especially the way that Jesus loved people. And it's easy as a Christian sometimes to fall into this spiritual pride, the pride like what the Pharisees had. You know, we tend to think that our job as a Christian sometimes is to be right. And because we're so right, we get offended by those that are wrong. Well, offended by what they post, offended by the way they voted, offended by what they believe and and the way they behave, and, and even the stickers on the back of their car, we're offended by them because we're right and they're wrong. Well, you know what, friends? When offenses, when we're offended by somebody because we think we're right and they're wrong or whatever, when we're offended by somebody and it stays inside of our heart, that offense can grow into being contempt, which then grows out to be hatred. we got to remember that as a Christian, we're not here to be the guardians of truth. However, many times... Christians react that way and and feel that way. You know, we look at people and we say, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm right. And, you know, it's my job to assess other people. You know, that person over there is, you know, he's okay. And the other one, oh, he's not. Or, you know, she's great at what she does, but, you know, she lets her kids run wild all the time. And, and then sometimes that spiritual pride in our heart leads us, leads us into being, you know, church experts. We know which church is right, which one's wrong, and which ones are, you know, shallow, and which ones are boring, and which ones, you know, this and that. You know, I mean, we all have priorities and preferences, but, you know, we become church experts sometimes. You see, the Pharisees in Jesus' day were supposed to be right. They were supposed to understand the will of God and the nature of God and the call of God. And they were supposed to share that with the Israelites. That was their job. You know, they were supposed to share with them the way that they would look at other people and other situations and how to respond to your neighbors. And, you know, especially when your neighbors were in need or or whatever. Sometimes, though, 
just like them, we think we're smarter. And we think we might be the best judge. Or we think that we're going to be the one that's most right all the time. But the reality is, you know what, we're all sinful people. Our hearts are easily deceived. And many times we're just plain wrong, even though we feel that we're right. I want you to see that even if we are right in a particular situation, if we're simply proving a point, if that's the attitude that we have with other people, is they're wrong and we're right, and we're simply proving a point to them about why we're right, then we're really not making a difference in their life. If we are simply pointing at another person and telling them how wrong they are, we're not helping that person. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. Let me tell you something about myself. And I told Darce earlier, I said, I don't want you to say a word here, but, you know, I'm a Christian and I tithe and I don't look at porn and I don't drink and, you know, I eat high protein and low carb diet and I work out five days a week and I take my wife and family on outings and dates. And I mean, I'm a great guy, right? But because I'm so great, does that make you want to come and follow Jesus because of how holy or how right I am? Of course not. And all that's just to make a point here. The point is that if I, if I represent myself as just being right and my attitude and behavior with another person is to prove my point, I'm not representing God. I'm not representing a relationship with Jesus. I'm just proving a point. And nobody is going to follow Christ or investigate Christ or check out the faith, however you want to look at it, because of who I am. They're not going to do it. People are not drawn to Jesus because of who I am. we got to remember, Jesus is the only one that's never sinned, who lived a perfect life. And he drew sinful people to himself. They flocked to Jesus. You know, there were parties where sinners were involved and, you know, and they flocked to Jesus to hear what he had to say and to, to see him and hear him and understand him. And, and there were, he, he hung out with prostitutes that, that poured, you know, perfumes on him and spent a day with a tax collector as all of these right Pharisees, you know, looked down on him during that whole scenario. And, you know, they were arguing about how right they were and how Jesus was so wrong and, and he even went into Samaria, a place where one of the Jews back then would never go. You don't go through Samaria on your way to Jerusalem. You go around it so you don't have to deal with those sinful people. But Jesus went directly through there, directly through Samaria, and he met this woman at a well. We know about this one instance, you know, as it's recorded in Scripture. And he met with her, and he engaged her, and he talked with her, and he, he showed her compassion and love. He, yeah, he told her she was wrong, wrong in her thinking and wrong in, in some of her lifestyle, the way she was living, but he first engaged her in love. Why did people want to be around Jesus? The key here is that he didn't make them feel wrong. He made them feel loved. That's what Jesus did. Yes, eventually he told people the, the wrongs that they were 
you know, thinking and wrongs they had in their heart or the way that they were perceiving their relationship with God or whatever. But he first let them know how much he cared for them. That's where the relationship started. That's where he got real with them and they connected with him. It's hard to connect with somebody when you're just telling them how right you are and how wrong they are. If, if they don't understand that you care about them, they're probably not going to listen to you. Let's, let's take a look for just a moment at the Last Supper. Here Jesus is the night that he was betrayed and the night before his crucifixion. And he's eating with the, with the disciples in the, in the upper room. And he's having this meal. And he knew that they were all going to scatter you know, once the Romans arrested him. He, he knew that Judas was going to go to the religious leaders and betray him. And yet what does he do? He puts on a towel around himself and he gets down on his knees in front of each one of them and he pours water in this basin and he washes their feet in humility and in compassion and in love. He changed all the dynamics of what was taking place there because he wanted them to know how much he cared for them and he wanted them to understand that being right is not it's not the goal here. The goal is to show love toward people. And it's through that love that they will find what the truth is that they need to hear and understand in their heart. If you look at the, the book of John, chapter 13, you can kind of check this out later on. Um, and, and you look at 13 and it says this, and I think I have it here for you. It says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I now tell you. Where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment, or a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. As a Christian, I want other people to know Jesus. I mean, that's why I'm pastoring and whatever. I want other people to come to know and have the, the same faith that I have. It's a far from perfect faith. I mean, those of you that know me know that. And, you know, I want people, though, to have hope and faith in their life. I want people to understand that God is there and that God is there to, to bring them through the trials of this life in, in love, he wants to usher us into the kingdom of heaven once we understand who he is and how much we need him. As a Christian, I want people to know all those things. But they won't know those things by me being right. They won't. They won't know that. I want people to know that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And I want people to know that they can trust in who he is. Even though things maybe around us go awry at times and, you know, it just gets bad. But I want people to know that even though they might not have the right viewpoints all the time, maybe they fight a battle with spiritual pride, which is something I think all of us do. You know, where sometimes we feel right and sometimes we take the approach to be right, you know. But we got to remember that 
God's always there to continue to guide us and lead us in our spiritual life. He's always there to forgive us when we understand the wrong that we've done and we come to him in repentance. You see, that's the goal. That's the goal that Jesus had here on this earth. And it's the goal that each one of us should continue to have through our ministries. And that is to share the love of God with other people. And to share. My goal and my challenge for you this week is to read the scriptures that we've shared here this morning and to think about our own spiritual journey, our own walk of faith, our own witness to other people. Am I witnessing the people in a way that just shows them that I'm right and you're wrong? Or am I showing them the love that God has for them and then gently nurturing people toward Jesus as the truth the way, and the life. That's the goal, and that's the key. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week and invite somebody to join you here on this channel next week, and, and I just pray for the best for all of you. Thanks, and God bless. 